This morning I, uh, let's just pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that you are good. And Lord, I thank you for Fran's healing. I thank you for the other healings that we've heard about. Lord, even uh, others that came forward for prayer last week that, that gave a testimony of healing. Lord, you are a miracle worker. Lord, I just pray this morning that you do the same, that you continue to work in our hearts and our bodies to heal us. In Jesus' name, amen. So the verse I'm going to be looking at today is in Galatians, the verses we'll be looking at. Um, but before I do, I just wanted to just give a little story of my little man, Tate, who's my grandson. We uh, go to the pool sometimes with him, and apparently he can swim. <laughs> He's just under two. But we'll go in the water, we'll jump in the water and I'll be holding him up and he's swimming, swimming. And it's so funny because he sort of swims like this. This is his swimming action. And, um, but he used to be very excited and think that actually he could swim without Poppy holding him. And so I'd be struggling to hold him sometimes because he'd be wanting to jump out and do it by himself and he'd get out sometimes and he'd sink a little bit but I'd pull him back up. And hold him again. And for me, as I was thinking about the message this week, I was thinking about us and, and faith, obviously. How do we relate to God? How do we let him hold us? And it's very interesting today for me that when Ron, who's my dad, by the way, uh, anyone who wants to connect, gave communion, he, he, uh, he brought forward a verse where Jesus just said, only believe. Only believe. And what I've noticed with all of us in our Christian life is that we can start out so well trusting in the power of God. We can rely on who God is so much. We, we know his strength and his power. We feel it. We're, we're fully convinced that he is working in our life and we have this trust in him. But as time goes on, we start to think that we can do it by ourselves. Just like Tate decided, I can actually swim by myself. I don't need these other arms holding me. And how easy it is to be that little Christian that struggles and then becomes confident in self and ends up letting go of God, ends up letting go of faith, that, that the walk we actually started that was a faith walk has now become a me walk. You know, we've come to this point where, um, you know, and it could be, say, say perhaps in the, the area of finance, you're struggling and, and every week you're trusting in God. You're going to him, God, I don't know what's going on, uh, but I'm trusting you at this time to, to bring me through what it is. But as time goes on, you get a raise, God promotes you, um, you get a better job, you get more income, you finish studies and, and all of a sudden your earning capacity goes up and you're just fine. But what we tend to do, just like the Israelites back in the Old Testament, is when everything was going well, what do we do? We forget God. <laughs> We're like, hey, I don't need you anymore, God. I got this. I can swim. I'm out on my own. And, and as I was thinking about it, although I want you to hear this in the right way, I wasn't thinking about it in that we should not be confident of who we are in Christ Jesus and what he's made us, but... Honestly, self-confidence is such an enemy to faith. 
And, and I don't mean it like you should walk around thinking you're a nobody because that's not what the Bible says either, is it? Like, the, the last thing that God says is that you're useless, hopeless, I hate you. He says, I love you, I want to look after you and care for you and we can be confident in him that we have everything that we need in this world. But, but one of the biggest enemies of our faith is when we start to rely on ourselves. That I can do this, I can save myself, basically. I've got the answers. Um, and, and along with that is that neglect of allowing God's power to work in our life to fix things up, to change things, to, you know, and, and we start to rely on human wisdom. And while I'm not specifically speaking about that trusting in man today, I'll, I'll put that sort of a little bit at the end of the sermon, that we begin to trust man, whether that man is someone else or ourselves that we are the ones who can bring us out of this trouble. And that's the worst thing we can do. The worst thing we can do is decide that it's not God that is my strength anymore, but it's me that's my strength. It's my knowledge that's my strength. It's my wisdom. It's, it's my education. It's my sporting prowess. It's my big muscles that's my strength. It's my bank account that's my strength. It's my position in life that's my strength. I can trust in that because God says that that is so foolish and he will just pull that down in our lives. You can wake up tomorrow without all that stuff, but God is forever constant. So I just want to, um, if we could just turn to Galatians, not Galatians, Galatians chapter 3, and, and we'll be reading verse 1 to 7, I believe maybe five. O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles amongst you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. This is what the Lord says. Sorry. Let's stop there. I'm going on to a whole different passage. <laughs> so here we have uh, a letter written to some Christians, and it's to the Galatians, which is actually an area, not a specific place, but it's a region that, that is being written to. And the question comes, why are you being so foolish? Why is it that you started off your Christian life with faith? Like, you, you believed... You received, and you received the Holy Spirit because of faith. Why are you now starting to think that to get God's favour, I have to earn it? To get God working in my life, now I have to do something to make it happen. And why are you doing that? Why are you, why are you going that way? You know you received the Holy Spirit, not because you did anything amazing, but because God gave you the Holy Spirit, a free gift. What about the miracles amongst you? So this morning we hear a testimony of a miracle, God healing a back. Fran, um, without uh, 
demeaning you. I'm sure it's not because God looked down upon you and thought that Fran is perfect. Now let me move with power on her life. But no, he didn't. He, he would have been looking down and saying, Fran, you're imperfect, but I have grace for you. I'm going to heal you regardless of what you think about yourself, regardless of, you know, Fran, did you go to that meeting and, and before you got to that meeting, God said you have to pray 10 hours on Monday, 10 hours on Tuesday, and then I'll heal you? Or did, did God just reach down and heal? He just reached down and healed. She heard a message that, that somehow lifted her faith. She was hearing a message about, you know, someone going off on ministry and praying for people, and she heard of a tumour being healed, and she's like... Maybe God can do that for me. It was the words of faith. And the Bible says that, that the word of God is ineffectual in our life unless it's mixed with faith. It's like that key ingredient for us to be able to receive from God. We can have a lot of knowledge, we can know everything, but, but without faith, well, we know without faith it's impossible to please God because we have to believe that, that God wants to reward us you know he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and we must believe that he is as ron said jesus words only believe now this messes with our minds doesn't it messes with my mind a little bit because you know it may be even that you've been brought up in church and you know you've been thinking in order to get what god wants you've heard testimonies over time that people have said you know blah 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 I gave up drinking and then Jesus did this for me. Or something happened, I was living in such sin and Jesus did this for me because I turned my life around. And we somehow get this idea that, that God's favour is attached to our works, not to our faith, because we, we are seeing a result and we're saying, well, maybe I can't get it. Chuck Smith talks about it with the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Grew up in a Pentecostal church and all his life he'd see people receiving the gift of the holy spirit they'd have what they call tarrying nights so they'd they'd wait for the holy spirit and and he didn't receive the gift of the holy spirit and speaking in tongues and he'd he'd be waiting and he's like i really do want this and the testimonies were always you know blah 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 i gave up smoking and i got filled with the spirit this happened i i got filled with the spirit and what happened was he started to build up a bit of a, a a theology in his mind that to receive from God I must do something. It's all about how I act. And this is where the Galatians were headed towards. They were like, Paul saying, wait a minute guys, think about it. When you first received Christ, the moment you stood at the foot of the cross and said, I need you Jesus, were you perfect? I would hesitate, no, I wouldn't hesitate actually, to say that every single person here before they became a Christian did absolutely nothing to become a Christian except for believe in Jesus Christ. You didn't all of a sudden become the most holy benefactor in the whole world. You didn't all of a sudden become the most righteous person in the world. And then you became a Christian. God forgave you then once you'd become perfect. God forgave you when you approached that cross with your sin. 
when you approach the cross with that bitterness in your heart, when you, you approach the cross with, with the heavy weight of sin resting upon you, and at the foot of the cross, you had someone whose arms were outstretched but also reached down and took hold of you and said, I forgive you. You didn't do anything for that, did you? And yet we start to walk in our Christian life and we, we almost get to this stage where it's like, well, I have to know this much, do this much and, and act a certain way for God to move in my life. I want to tell you right now, you don't. And as Ron said today, that, that from the faith that you actually have in Christ, the good works flow. From believing in him, of course we shouldn't be living in sin. And this is the quandary that we have, that sometimes we look at people, even in ministries, where we're like, what's going on? They're preaching, they're getting people healed, there's amazing miracles happening. And in our mind, it's almost like, well, they must be the perfect person. They must be so holy, they must be so in tune with God and never do anything wrong, never think anything wrong. And then we find out later on that they were very imperfect, sometimes terribly imperfect in what they did. Now, it doesn't excuse behaviour or anything like that, but what it shows us is this, that despite the weaknesses in their life, God was very strong and did miracles regardless. Because of this, they believed. They had faith. And so for us, it's this, this question that I wanted to ask you this morning is, have you transitioned away from faith into works for your own Christian walk? Because I can tell you right now, without faith, even though it says without works, your faith is dead. I think Ron translated it around, transliterated it, whatever it was, that well, that means that if you don't have faith, then your works are dead too. But I would put it even further than that. If you have no faith, you're a dead Christian. There is not the life of God living in you and, and his power being enabled to work in your life because you've gone away from believing in him and looking to him for answers and you've started to rely on your good works. Perhaps your good works, or, or maybe it's like, I'm not receiving from God, but in order to receive from God, I have to do all these things, and then God will do something for me. Let me tell you right now that what I've noticed is in my most weakest times, when I don't even literally have the breath to pray, God reaches out and does amazing things, regardless of where I'm at, of what I think about myself, God still moves. And to me, that's amazing that, that in my very weakest moment, when I'm praying the least, perhaps, when I am suffering, God reaches out and does something in my life regardless. Have you ever been in that place? Because, because sometimes we'll just be in a place like that. I can't pray, therefore God won't do anything for me. Not true. A number of reasons. One of those is that you have many brothers and sisters that, that while you're lying on the stretcher bed are, are basically trying to resuscitate you with their prayers, with their faith, with their believing for you. But you also have a God that moves because he loves you. 
that he looks upon you and his only thought towards you is, I want to see this person healed. I want to see him better. I want to see him get through this problem. I want to restore whatever's been stolen from them because I love them. Faith, hope and love. The greatest of these is love. Why is that? If you can believe God loves you, it can give you hope. That's why it's the greatest. Once you have this hope, you can start to believe in God. You can trust him. It is really, really hard to have faith in someone who doesn't love you, isn't it? So here's the thing. To walk in faith, you must believe God loves you. How many of you have had children who have disobeyed you? <laughs> yeah, be, be careful here yeah, because maybe some of you didn't. Children who didn't do what you wanted, they acted in the wrong way and so you'd never ever fed them again. <laughs> maybe you've made them eat their wheat bix for dinner. I don't know. <laughs> but, oh man, my kids disobeyed me, that's it. They're never getting another birthday present. They're never getting a Christmas present. I'm not feeding him again. I'm not paying for their school. He's five, but he needs to get his own life, his own apartment. <laughs> Off you go. Why don't we do that? I would, I would say that it's because we love them, right? That our heart is so towards our children that, that we would want to restore things at any cost. We would want to make sure that they're fed, even if we can't bless them with all the blessing that they should have, we're going to look after him. Can I just tell you that God's love for you is far greater than that? And yet so often we don't believe it, do we? We're like, well, I've been naughty, that's it, God won't feed me. I've been naughty, God won't heal me. I've been naughty, God won't hear my prayers. I've... All these things. Have you substituted works for faith? I'll ask you another question. Have you stopped believing for anything? You know, often as young Christians, you get excited, you see God work, you know his grace in such a full way. You read his word, you look at his promises, you write them on your fridge, stick them to your wall, you're in your car, talking about all the things that God's going to do for you. You trust him, you believe for him. This year, this is what I'm believing for. I'm having faith for something. What are you believing for this year? Can I just ask you that question? Because I want to sort of try and get us to, to start to reach out a little bit more with God. To go, what is possible with you this year, God? What area of your life, what, what area of lack, what area of need do you have right now where, where you have decided that it's all about me reaching that goal rather than me resting in God? Rather than praying about it, I'm going to rely on my own strength. Rather than believing for release of finance, I'm going to do all my own things. Rather than believing for healing, I'm going to discard God and just do everything myself. I'm going to go on special diets and do this and that. Nothing wrong with that. 
What do you believe in God for this year? If I asked you at the beginning of this year, January 1, 2024, we sat down and talked and I said, what are you believing for from God this year? What would it be? I have this feeling that many of us would have this blank mind. I don't know. What are you believing for? Are you stretching out your faith to grab hold of the promises of God? Are you mixing faith with the word to see what God might do? What are you believing God for? Well, I've had a really hard year last year. I was actually really depressed. What about you can believe God for his strength, believe God for joy, believe God that by the end of this year that he has worked in an amazing way to increase those things in your life. Could you believe for that? What is it that you're believing for? And, and this is just because I want us to be a church that has faith because we need faith. We need to reach out and trust God. It can be in any area of our life. It can be in a church for sure. You know, it's like, well, you know, we don't need prayer in the Word anymore. We've got all our systems set up. We can just trust in that. We, can, we know everything will run smoothly and, you know, we've got systems for this, that and the other. But we can never neglect the prayer and we can never neglect the Word of God. We can never put our trust in man and expect to have success in a godly way. Because God said that cursed, cursed is a man who trusts in man. Let's just read from Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 to 7. Sorry, to 8. This is what the Lord says, Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The contrast here is this. If you trust in man, and that includes yourself, you might be alive, but that word, that shrub in the desert, is this scrawny little scrub that just exists. But if you begin to put your hope in the Lord again, it talks about you being like a tree, that even when there's a drought, it doesn't bother you. Your leaf stays green, it doesn't wither, it doesn't fade, it just stays there. You keep producing fruit. Trusting in the Lord is a key to that. Now it may be the other week we had some people come out for prayer and you're like, I just want prayer for healing, you know, that, that day we all came forward. Or whenever it was, you thought, well, you know, I've prayed for healing, all that said, obviously God doesn't want it, not true. God wants to heal you. God wants to set you free. God wants you to, to have a heart that is not broken anymore. And it's not determined on how good you are. It's determined on how good he is. It's him. 
What I would want you to do this year is just whatever it is that you've been believing for, don't stop. Keep believing. But understand this, that that there's nothing wrong with you that can stop God moving. There are some things that will allow stuff into your life. I get that. But when you are fully trusting in God, it's not about you, it's about him. And, and so when that verse was there about, you know, the labour and the heavy laden and things that, that Ron said again in communion, it's amazing how God has tied this all together this morning. What was the key to the release in your life? Pray 15 hours a day. These certain prayers. Fast three times a week. Give all you have to the poor. No, Jesus said this. Come to me. Come to me. You see, the release isn't about your actions, although they may be in there, like, because I'd, I'd hate to say to you guys, don't pray for 10 hours a day. Go for it. But do it with faith. Not to receive, but to come to him. You see, don't seek the gifts. Seek the giver. Don't seek the blessing. Seek the one who blesses. And this is what Jesus is saying. If you want that release in your life, there's only one solution. Come to me. And as I said before, that when we come to him, it says we must come in faith. We must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. All the time it comes back to faith, faith in God, faith in God, faith in God, because no matter how good you think you are, no matter what the good works you think you've done, how they account to God in heaven, they're never good enough, except for this one reason, that Jesus was good enough. He is our righteousness. He is our peace. He is why we overcome. He is our source. He is our supply. He is our joy. It's a person. The person of Jesus Christ who gave his life on the cross for your sin. And it may even be today that you have never given your life to him. Maybe today you're sitting there and you're like, I know I need something from God, but will he give it to me? I tell you right now, he will. Have faith in him. Do you have depression and you need to be released? Do what you need to do here on earth but trust in God. Have faith in God that he can direct you to the right places. Have faith in God that he can somehow cheer up your spirit. Do you, what do you need today? Whatever God has for you, you can have if you have faith in him. Don't give up. Don't give up. Relax. Don't try and swim when you can't. Let the strong arms of a loving saviour hold you up. So if this, if this morning you're here, you've never given your life to God, I pray right now that you will. I pray that 
you will make that decision today that I can't do this anymore. You feel the weight of sin on your life. Can God forgive one such as me, someone who's so bad? Yes, he can. The whole point of Jesus was to do that. This morning I'm going to be praying a prayer that you can pray with me for salvation to come into the family of God. And sorry, I don't do this ever, but Hannah, (laughs) God wants to touch you. He wants to release you from the things that make you sad. He wants to set you free. This morning, you just trust him, all right? He'll set you free. Just trust him. Let's stand, guys, and we're going to pray. If you've never given your heart to God, this morning I'm going to pray. You pray with me and and you give yourself to him. Ask him into your life for salvation and he'll give it to you straight away. Set you free. But there's other things that you might have in your life that you're like, "I've, I've stopped believing God. I'm living my Christian life all by works. Ask for forgiveness for that this morning and and just ask God to help you to grow in faith again. We've got to understand that faith is a gift from God as well. Faith is a gift from God as well. Think about what it is that you want to believe for this year. What do you want to believe for? Do you want to, like for me, it's like I want to believe that God just blesses this church and it grows and, and, and that we understand who he is. So I'll be praying for that, that at the end of the year we're just different, refreshed, excited. There's other things too that are my stuff. But if, if this morning you've never given your heart to God, just pray with me now. Father God, I'm so sorry that I have never come to you before. But this morning I just want to give my heart to you. I thank you that you forgive sin. It's nothing to do with me, but it's because of Jesus and his death on the cross. And this morning, I want to say thank you. Come into my life, I pray. From this day on, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.